our scripture, is it on? Is it on? Okay, are we good now? Okay. Our scripture reading for this morning is found in Genesis 28, verses 10 to 22, and that can be found on page 43 of your pew Bibles. Genesis 28, verses 10 to 22. Jacob's dream at Bethel. Jacob left Beersheba and set out for Haran. When he reached a certain place, he stopped for the night because his sun had set. Taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head and lay down to sleep. He had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth, which its top reaching to heaven and the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. There above it stood the Lord, and he said, I am the Lord, the God of your father, Abraham, and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth, and you will spread out to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. When Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I was not aware of it. He was afraid and said, How awesome is this place! This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. Early the next morning, Jacob took the stone he had placed under his head and set it up as a pillar and poured oil on top of it. He called that place Bethel, though the city used to be called Luz. Then Jacob made a vow, saying, If God will be with me, and will watch over me on this journey I am taking, and will give me food to eat and clothes to wear, so that I return safely to my father's house, then the Lord will be my God, and this stone that I have set up as a pillar will be God's house, and of all that you give me, I will give you a tenth. Thank you. Our text, this is the passage that uh, the name of the church is based on, and verse 19, he called the place Bethel, and then uh, verse 16, from our banner too, surely the Lord is in this place. So we want to reflect on those things here this morning. Congregation of Jesus Christ, gathered here in Lacombe. It was fun to look back on the history of Bethel Church. It was so nice in the newsletter, that beautiful newsletter that Anita and Harriet put together and people contributed to, that we got a real sense in the newsletter to begin with of how, how God had worked. And just to see all of that, that was such a delightful and wonderful start, seeing God's faithfulness. In the program last night, as we gathered, we again reflected on God's faithfulness. About 150 people gathered together and shared a meal. Peter Prince, our chairman, led the evening. And we had wonderful remembrances, too, of, 
of the pastors and even their wives. Joanne van Geisel shared with us some of the wives who had been part of the ministering body here, building up the church. We had new members like Margaret Roker share how they found a home here at Bethel. And that was wonderfully encouraging. We had the beautiful singing of the couples. We had the pastors speak, uh, Pastor Vreend, mentioning how the youth are, are leading in the church. And Pastor Slice, an encouraging word, Pastor Gritter, thanking us too as members, as church members for faithfulness. And Pastor Jager too, just expecting and how God had worked in his life and ministry through the church. I was struck a little bit too. Uh, Gerald Keitel mentioned the walls of the church and how solidly it's built and how it stands true as a building itself. And so, yeah, you don't realize that right away, but just God's faithfulness there and the, the solid foundation of the building. So it was a, an evening of reflecting, PowerPoint and, and the princes, Jake and Agnes shared with us, and we ended by singing with John and Tina to the God be the glory. Just a lovely, a lovely sense, too, of what God has done and continues to do in our church here in Bethel. In looking at the, the history, I wanted just to extend it a little further and, and reflect with you on the biblical history, the biblical history of Bethel, the history that extends way back into biblical times. We heard last night that the actual name Bethel was decided upon here in the church back in 1954. In 1953, when you started, then it was Second Church. Woody Nook was First Church Lacombe and and Bethel was second church. And then there was a congregational meeting, I guess. And somebody, I don't know who, it wasn't mentioned. Somebody said, or we talked about, well, it shouldn't just be second. It should be a name of some kind. And so Bethel. Bethel was chosen. Some churches stick with a number. You have first church, second church. Some churches are more location-wise, like Woody Nook now and, and Wolf Creek. And yeah, so that's the area where they're called to minister. Some churches go on to pick a name, biblical name, meaningful name. Pinocchio has sunrise, sun, S-O-N, the risen Lord Jesus, the Son of God. Sunrise Christian Reformed Church. Beautiful name for church. Some churches take other names. Uh, new life in Red Deer. We have new life in Christ. And that's lived out in the church. That's a good name. You have Maranatha. The Lord is coming. Maranatha. And we are here just waiting for him to come again. So you can take different names. Covenant. There's Covenant Church. God's covenant faithfulness to us. All kinds of different names. Hope, grace, Ebenezer. God is my strength, my rock. Together at that congregational meeting in 1954, the people picked Bethel as the name of our church. It's a good name. And it has a long biblical history of God working. 
And I thought this morning it would be helpful for us just to build in again, yeah, what were the reasons exactly? There were many reasons, I'm sure, why they picked that name. But just the biblical grounding of that name, very encouraging for us again this morning. The Bible tells us actually five things about that, that biblical place, Bethel. The first thing is Bethel welcomes the wanderer. You may be surprised to know that though the passage we read, Genesis 28, talks about Jacob naming the place Bethel, Bethel is actually mentioned already in Genesis 12 with Abraham. And at that time, God makes this amazing covenant with Abraham that's also referred to here in Genesis 28, verses 14 and 15. It's repeated again to Jacob. It has the echoes of of covenant. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth. That's what God said to Abraham. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you. That's what God said to Abraham in Genesis 12. And so Abraham is is receiving this promise of God, this amazing covenant declaration. And it says in Genesis 12, verse 8, this happened at Bethel. Now, there is just a a little disconnect. Bethel wasn't named yet. Jacob named Bethel in Genesis 28. But it was the same spot, and as Moses, inspired by the Holy Spirit, is writing the book of Genesis, expressing all that God has done, he simply makes that clarification that the place where Abram received that initial covenant promise was also Bethel. That place, that was a significant place. And so that reference to Bethel recognizes it as a special place where God makes his name, his will known to people. And so Bethel itself means house of God. Beth, the word Beth in Hebrew means house. And El, E-L, means God, house of God. The place where God dwells, the place where God speaks. It's a good name for a church like our church. The interesting thing about this first reference in Genesis 12 is that Abram is there, he builds an altar, God speaks to him, he receives this covenant promise, and then what? He moves on. He came from Ur, from Haran, down to the promised land, to Bethel, the place where God is. And the Bible tells us in Genesis 12, then he moves away again. He moves off a little bit, and then even in Genesis 12, when there's a famine in the land, he moves to Egypt. And I think, what, what's he doing? And in Egypt, he's worried, and his wife is so beautiful, and that's the whole story in Genesis 12, where he tells the people of Egypt his wife is actually his sister, and then Pharaoh actually falls in love with his wife and and marries her as his wife and and Pharaoh runs into trouble and then finally Pharaoh says to Abram, you lied to me and Pharaoh kicks him out of Egypt. It's a very sinful, sad kind of time. What's Abram doing? And so Abram returns, Genesis 13, to Bethel. 
and he builds an altar, and he worships God. And even, even with Lot, when they're thinking about needing more land, and Lot picks the better land, but Abram stays with God at Bethel. But later on again, too, he moves to Hebron, about 100 kilometers south. The picture of Bethel in the first instance is of, of a wandering person who, who comes and finds and goes and comes again. And you think, too, what is this? He is just a wandering sinner. And, and yet he finds this place and is encouraged by God in this place. If we think of the 60 years of Bethel in Lacombe, we see a church that, that has and can be like that. People, people pass through. They attend for a while. They worship here. And then they move on. Some stay longer than others. Charter members, of course, have come and been here from the beginning. But many come and go. What is that? Is that okay? Is that no good? Is it our fault? Is it God's fault? Is it their fault? The picture of Bethel is that God welcomes those who wander and seek to focus their life, their faith, their hope on him. And so that's what, that's what Bethel tries to do. When, God come, when Abram comes to Bethel again, his, his life, his faith is focused on God again. And the promises of God. And so the sense of Bethel as a church is to be a gracious and welcoming place to all who come seeking God. That's what, what we would want to do. That's what we would want to be, even as Bethel was for Abraham at the beginning. The second reference to Bethel, Bethel ministers to those who are in trouble, Genesis 28 and Jacob names the place Bethel. He is in big trouble here. His brother Esau is out to kill him. Physically. Literally. Jacob has stolen the blessing. Jacob has deceived his father. Jacob is running away, running for his life. He is in a very uncertain situation. And he is going on a very uncertain journey. He has big trouble. The fact even that he is sleeping out in the countryside, it says he's near the city of Luz. He doesn't go into the city of Luz because his brother might find him in the city. He is sleeping out in the country, just on the ground. Hopefully nobody finds him, catches him. He is in big trouble. In his trouble, he is comforted by God in the dream he calls the place Bethel in recognition that God comes to people in trouble. What a beautiful picture. God makes a way into his troubled life, a stairway, to come and help his fearful servant. Jacob anoints a rock and sets it up, marking the place of this significant event. Bethel is a place where those who are troubled can come and find God. Isn't that a good picture of the church? Our church? A place where those who are troubled can find God. Bethel. The picture of God coming down still applies. We are celebrating Christmas. 
Jesus, God, come down into our world of troubles, into the troubles of our lives. That continues to be the ministry of our church, of this church. The vision that what it means to be church, Bethel. We have seen that and we continue to try to live that out. The third thing about Bethel, that it's a place where significant events happen. Bethel is mentioned again in Genesis 35, verse 10, where God calls Jacob to come back to Bethel. And as he does so, he changes his name. That's very significant. He changes it from Jacob to Israel, meaning he struggles with God. It's a significant event in Jacob's life as he goes forward in this new identity. He sees himself in a different way. And as a sinner, having struggled still with God's blessing, he goes forward with a new name. So at Bethel, God continues to work in a powerful way in people's lives, through his church, through our church, even through the, through the years. God blesses the word that is preached. And it impacts people's lives. God's greeting at the beginning, God's blessing at the end of the service, comforts people. God is here. It's significant. Other significant events happen. Baptisms, professions of faith for young people, adult baptisms, getting that that identity. We are received by God, given a new name, Christians, followers of Christ happens here at the church at Bethel. Even weddings and anniversaries, celebrations of those kind, significant events we celebrate together, recognizing God's presence and power. Even funerals, where the presence of God is evident as we lift up the name of the Anointed One, the Rock, Jesus Christ, our Savior. Significant events happen at Bethel. Reflecting on the ongoing work of God, our living Lord Jesus, building his church and establishing his kingdom in us and in this world. And even as we celebrate 60 years of God's faithfulness, why bother? Why have the whole dinner? Why have a special service? It's not 75. We should just have done 50 and 75. Well, Bethel is a place where significant events are celebrated. God's faithfulness, God working. And so we continue to, as a church, highlight that work of God. That's what it means to be Bethel. The fourth thing, Bethel teaches and guides believers in living out their faith. Bethel is mentioned in the book of Joshua simply as a geographical place, but then in the book of Judges we read that the judge Deborah held court as judge in Israel at Bethel. And then Samuel, in the book of Samuel, 1 Samuel 7 verse 16, Samuel presided over the affairs of Israel at Bethel, hearing the problems of the people and instructing them in the way of the Lord. At Bethel, God's people could find spiritual direction. They could find guidance for their life. They could find enriching insight and direction. The judges in Israel were imparting wisdom based on the truth of God. His law, his will, his way. 
of truth and grace, of judgment and mercy. Bethel was a place to learn and grow in knowledge and fear of the Lord, to be trained in righteousness, to be instructed in doing what is right. This was and is also a big part of the ministry here at Bethel over the 60 years. To let the word of God speak into our lives. It's a strong emphasis in the Reformed faith that we know what we believe. That we teach also the confessions. That we have a sense of, of instruction through catechism in the church, through Christian education. That all lives itself out in this understanding with the teaching, with the preaching, with Bible studies, with elder visits to encourage people in faith that the center of division is the work of the Lord Jesus, the wisdom of God, Jesus who declares, I am the way, Jesus who came in all wisdom and knowledge to reveal the truth of God. That's what it means to be Bethel, to grow in that knowledge and to be a place where that instruction continues to go forth. Pretty interesting just to look at all of the things where Bethel comes forward in the history, the biblical history. That sense of welcoming the wanderer, that sense of helping those who are troubled, the sense of teaching and, and ministry. There's much good, but there's also a reference to Bethel that gives us the reality Bethel is not without problems. Bethel is mentioned in 1 Kings 12, verse 29. This is after the kingdom of Israel is divided by sin. The ten tribes in the north have King Jeroboam, and the two southern tribes, Judah and Benjamin, have King Rehoboam, the son of Solomon. David and Solomon had made Jerusalem the worship capital of the nation of Israel. After the split, the division of the kingdom, then King Jeroboam wanted to stop the ten northern tribes from going to Jerusalem to worship. So he set up a worship center at Bethel. Bethel. Just 29, 20 kilometers north of Jerusalem, a very convenient spot to, to have a worship center. People were somewhat accustomed to it being a place of worship. But he set up a golden calf there. So right away, say, wait a minute. This, this is not right. This is not good. But the people came there to worship. And it caused problems for the nation and for the people. And there were hard and uncertain times and hurtful times. Bethel was struggling. You wonder, how can that happen? Well, it happened then. And we see it in the 60 years, too, of Bethel as a church here. There are struggles. There are difficulties. What can we take from that? What can we learn from that? First of all, to realize it's not an unusual thing. It's not something only in this church. Every church has struggles. You can move from church to church and you will always find struggles. The name Bethel itself, even here, reminds us of that. That we are living and working and ministering in a broken and sinful world with broken and sinful people. So don't be surprised when that happens. 
The truth of Bethel is that God is still gracious. In 2 Kings chapter 2, it mentions Bethel as a place where the prophet Elijah and Elisha go and lead the people. It's also referred again in the prophets. Jeremiah 48 refers to the troubles that are there, but Hosea 12 refers to the good God has done. Looking back to Genesis 28. So it's quite a history, that longer history of Bethel. It reminds us that we are called to be a place where God dwells. And despite troubles and difficulties at times, to see ourselves as a place that welcomes the wanderer, that helps those in trouble, that celebrates significant spiritual events, that teaches and grows in knowledge and faith. Finally, Bethel, the house of God, is a spiritual house God is building. We do not hear about Bethel in the New Testament at all. God no longer reveals himself at a particular place, but he does reveal himself in every place, including this place, through a particular specific person, through his son, Jesus Christ. And that's why here at Bethel in Lacombe, we lift up the name of Jesus every Sunday. We have been doing that for 60 years. We do that carefully and graciously, faithfully and joyfully. We sense Bethel is the house of God in the sense that it is a place where we worship Jesus, the cornerstone the foundation of faith that we build on, and Jesus the capstone, our highest hope and our confidence in faith. And we have that sense that by the Holy Spirit poured out at Pentecost, we are being built into a spiritual house, 1 Peter 2, 4 through 10, that we are each a living stone, and by the wisdom of God, by the working of the Spirit, he draws us together in love and grace to be his church here. So again today we worship and give thanks for what God has done. And we want to go forward in faith, trusting that he will continue to do far more than we ask or imagine. As we seek to be faithful to him, we can be sure he is faithful to us. Amen. We're going to sing together. That wonderful song, Great is Thy Faithfulness, and we'll stand to sing.